What is up, my love bugs? Welcome to another episode of the Sarah B Show. That's right. If you meant to play this, you are in the right spot. You you have reached the next episode. We have gotten there together. We are doing this. And surprisingly, I'm back in studio, which is shocking because uh, I'm sure if you heard the last episode, you're like, why are you there? And yes, I am alone, and uh, we're not going to go into it that much because uh, I don't want to scare myself again. So maybe at the end, I will get a little more (laughs) into what happened last time on that very creepy episode. Um, But yeah, we're not going to get into the scary, scary things right now. So stay tuned to the last (laughs) part of the episode if you want an update on everything, because I don't want to get scared and like run out of here again. I need to give you guys a complete full episode. So here we go. Um, I leave a little like a poll or a question on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, or even if you don't, you could always go to the Spotify platform. I don't think you have to um, pay to see that. And I always leave a question of like, what would you guys like to hear about on future episodes? Up until this last week, I've forgotten to look at any of those. See, that's, that's what kind of podcaster I am. I forget you guys can leave comments and do all this stuff. I promote it and then I never check it. I am just, uh, I'm that girl. I have a lot of ADHD and uh, <laughs> and I just uh, never get around to things uh, like that. I forget about them. So, alas, I looked last week again, and uh, and I looked again this morning, and I found a lot of cool stuff. So uh, some of the things you guys have said, which is great because uh, it's it's hard to keep content coming. Like sometimes you're just like, what am I going to talk about on today's episode? I have no ideas. Uh, so some of your ideas were uh, really enjoyed your behind the scenes cruise crew people episode. Would love more of that. Thank you. Julie. Um, so I can definitely do more. of. I have so much stuff like that. And another one, uh, Casey said more cruise tips. I have more of those for sure. Um, I can do so many cruise ship episodes and uh, thanks for letting me know you guys enjoyed those and I will keep them coming. Uh, Danny says, this is up to you. I just want to say love your podcast. You always make me laugh. Your topics are always great. Keep on being a rock star and I'll keep listening. You are the sweetest. That just gave me all the confidence and I love it. There's definitely like, I don't, I've always been like a people pleaser and I've always been, I guess, pessimistic and always expect people to hate what I'm doing and hate everything that's coming out or what I'm doing isn't good enough. It's, It's an awful trait to have, let me tell you, but, um, to hear that people are actually enjoying it is very awesome because every time I put out something, I'm like, I bet everybody hates this. I bet this is boring. I bet this sucks. So maybe everybody is. I don't know. I uh, had more uh, requests for dirty stories. Uh, but the one I saw last week, oh, here's a parties you've had, themes, what happened when Lex, my boss for the Lex and Terry show, uh, when he shows up, what happens with that? Uh, <laughs> somebody said Sarah's stupid birds. So you want to hear more about my stupid birds? Um, that was very rude. They are very smart and very adorable. Gatsby and Lilu, my little babies. But the ones I read last week, and I was like, I can do an episode about that. This is very random. So this is basically a total request live episode. Uh, somebody said, I want to hear about lear- you learning to ride a motorcycle. And another, tell us about your childhood. So I saw these last week, and I was like, I could do that. Let's just do a big mashup. Uh, let's talk about my crazy-ass childhood and me learning to ride a motorcycle. All right, so thanks again for the uh, the subject ideas because I will say this is one week where I was very lost. I feel like my head right now is so into September, October, holidays, spooky season, fall, scary movies that I'm just all about like wanting to talk about that only. And I'm like, okay, people are going to get burned out because not everybody is you. Or that could just be me once again, uh, thinking everything I do is wrong. Who knows? 
But yeah. Also, it is like a thousand degrees in the studio. Let me just add that. I, I'm sitting here sweating my ass off, like trying to pretend that I'm cool and, <laughs> and can do this. It's 90 degrees outside here in Texas in the middle of September, which is not that exciting. Uh, we went down to like the 70s and 80s. Okay, 70s in the morning. We went down to like the 80s. And I'm not complaining. I, 90 is way better than 110. I, I please, universe, know that I'm not complaining. Don't give us that other temperatures back. But but damn, I just would love a little more of a break. And then they don't have the air on in the in the whole building now on the weekends. So it is it's like 90 inside. And woo, it is a it is a hot booger, as we would say, in Melissa, Texas, where I grew up. Let's get back to that. So we're going to talk about, I'll, I'll go from like just a little bit of childhood info, just generic basic stuff, because don't really know what to get into, I guess, with that. Uh, and we'll get into how I got into motorcycles right after that. Mm, sounds good. All right, y'all. Well, I am 35 years old. I was born in 1988, a great year, if you will, in Melissa, Texas, a little bitty town in Texas, um, about 45 minutes to an hour uh, north of Dallas, if you don't know where it is. And uh, if you see Melissa now or think, oh, small town, it's not that small because it's actually started growing up a lot. When I was born there, there was literally like nothing there. There were like three to four beer stores. I'm not joking. That was it. Some of them you could get gas at, but it was like three to four beer and convenience stores. Otherwise, it was just land. It was just a big BFE. And uh, we had a elementary school and a middle school. We didn't even have a high school. Uh, We had a few churches, and that was about it. That was really about it. Everyone knew everyone. Everyone dressed the same. Everyone listened to the same music. And nobody really had a personality of their own. Everybody got along for the most part because everybody liked the same things. Nobody knew anything else. Uh, So basically, when you graduated uh, middle school in eighth grade, you had to pick between two bigger schools. So the bigger schools you could pick from were McKinney, which was a lot bigger, or Anna, which was... Still a very tiny, small town, but just a little bigger than Melissa because they had a high school. <laughs> so those were your options. And, uh, you know, Anna was known as more like the same as Melissa, very country, very, ch- very, you know, laid back. And then McKinney was like big time, like New York City does, basically. I do remember um, when we had to go to the grocery store, we'd call it going into town. And uh, later on in life, I got made fun of that. I was like, I thought that was normal. Like, hey, I'm going to go into town and get groceries. Hey, I'm going to go into town. Like, because we didn't really live in a town. It was like nothing. We had to go to bigger cities to go grocery shopping, to to get anything, to do anything, go anywhere, go to restaurants, like whatever. It was kind of crazy, and it was fun. I will say, um, on weekends and stuff, we would go in like big groups uh, of families. Like <laughs> Chili's was a favorite. <laughs> there was a little restaurant called San Miguel's, but we would do like big city, like four to six families all together at once, going out. It was just like a thing. It was so fun. Barbecues all the time. Every Memorial Day, we'd go to Lake Texoma, which was like right on the border of Texas and Oklahoma. And it was super fun. We would always get, like, a big group camping site. Like, half the town of Melissa basically would go. And that's kind of how I was raised. Like, I mean, everybody knew everyone. Uh, it, it was kind of crazy. It was, I will say, a lot of white people. I think the first, uh, the craziest thing, I, I think the first time I ever saw, like, somebody, a different, like, nationality or race than me was middle school, maybe fifth grade. And she was Latina. I remember her name and everything. <laughs> The last name was Gonzalez. And and I was just like, 
mesmerized because like, oh my gosh, somebody that looks different than me. This is amazing. Like, and how sad is that though, that you're like in a place with like literally no diversity. Like you don't learn anything. Like it's so weird. It's so sad. Uh, so that was pretty crazy. I don't know if it was just our school or other schools that were like very sex crazed and very just like ugh, horny and gross and, and just, man, very sex forward. And again, I don't know if that's if that's all schools or just like a small town school, I will say I was not that way at all. But, oh, my God, the things people talked about and did. There was literally girls giving guys, like, blowjobs underneath the bleachers in middle school. I think it was middle school, not elementary, but I think it was middle school. Like, I remember these two girls did it to these two guys under the bleachers. And I heard about it, and I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I was so, so young and innocent. I remember people would be, like, getting fingered on the school bus in, like, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade. Like, it was just... Man, it was mass, just pervy, chaos, disgusting. Like, kids start young. And that was back in my day. Back in my day. God, I sound old. So I can't even imagine what things are like now. I will say I watch uh, Euphoria. Like, I love that show on HBO. And I'm just like, my God, is this, like, actually what high school is like now? Because I don't think I could survive. I don't think I could do it. Like, this is way worse than anything we had to deal with. And I would, I would hate to be a parent. So right now, shout out to all the parents out there. Like, Man, I actually talked to my hairdresser. I asked her if she's watched that. And she told me she started watching it because of other parents that talked about it. She said she had to stop. She's like, I couldn't watch but a couple of episodes. She's like, I, I had to make myself stop. I was worried sick. I'm like, I can't. I can't imagine. I really can't. So uh, so props to parents out there, man. Uh, it's a tough, a tough job. Woo. All right. What else? Uh, I will say I, I was not very popular as a kid. I, I never have been very popular in school and I never really cared to be. I had my small group of friends that we weren't like the nerdiest like or like quote unquote losers group, I guess, that we were qualified back then. We were very middle of the road. I would say there's like your nerds and your unpopular people and weirdos. <laughs> that people classify them as, I guess. And then there was the next level up that was just like the normal people that nobody really cares about. That was probably what I was in. And then over that was like the semi-popular people. And then above that was like the most popular. So I was like bottom of the line, really. Bottom bottom of the road. Uh, I developed very, very early at a very young age. I think I had um, like a C-cup bra in like fifth grade, fourth grade. And I remember getting no, I, I got made fun of um, by like, well, guys were hitting on me, of course, once that started happening. And I was just like a, a nerdy, like quiet person and didn't care. didn't want the attention. I was so shy back then. I was so shy when I was younger, you guys. It's so crazy. Like I had my crazy personality, like behind wraps, like at home with my close friends. But like in public at school, I just did not want to be noticed. I didn't, I wanted to wear the same things. I wanted to like the same things. If you like me, cool, but I would just, I, I just wanted to fly under the radar. Nobody noticed me. <laughs> Nobody make fun of me. Just leave me alone. It was kind of crazy. It was like completely different than I am now. So, but I remember one day, like once I started getting the boobs, <laughs> my mom had me start wearing bras, which I hated. I did not want to wear bras. I'm like, nobody else wears them. Can't I just wear large t-shirts? And she's like, no, you're at this point. You need to start doing it. And she was right. And it just, it sucked. And I remember one day specifically, I remember the outfit I was wearing because this like traumatized me so much and upset me so much. I was wearing a long sleeve, like white turtleneck sweater. And I had on, oh my God, this got awful outfit too. It was like, they're not sweatpants. What are the swishy pants, like wind pants or something? They were like purple with like some kind of design down the side of them, you know, very nineties and tennis shoes. And I had my freaking white 
turtleneck, like tucked into these squishy pants. <laughs> Thanks for dressing me like a, no wonder I wasn't cool, mom. I blame you. <laughs> like, I couldn't buy my clothes back then. I'm just, even then I have like no fashion sense now. So I could blame my mom still for that, really. I don't know. I could have got better, but I just don't care that much. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I was wearing this outfit and I remember I went to, I think, lunch or a different class or something. And I came back to my desk and I had a note on my desk that said, we can see the cotton balls. And there was like three girls that were like giggling in the corner looking at me. So basically they claimed that I was stuffing my bra and they spread a rumor to everyone that I stuffed my bra. First of all, like I didn't even know that stuffing a bra was a thing. I didn't want boobs at all. And I was mortified that I had them or had to wear a bra. I would have rather like had nothing, like just make them disappear. You know what I mean? So it just, it really sucked um, that that happened. And I remember, I remember who one of the girls was and the ironic part, because I know everybody changes, everybody elevates, everybody evolves. Like you learn. I, I did a lot of stupid shit when I was young too. I did. Everybody does. But the girl specifically that was like the ringleader of all that, we had been friends too and she like turned on me. And she now is all like, you know, spiritual and you know, has a lot of cats, has crystal tattoos, lives in, you know, a bougie spiritual part. I'm not going to say where she lives. But anyway, basically, like has totally changed and is this like Zen person now. And I'm like, man, I know people change. But to think that you're like claiming to be this like person of the world and kindness and love and used to you just like made my life a living hell is very funny. Very funny, very interesting. But people change. That is a fact. Oh, let's see. So that kind of stuff happened a lot. Um, it sucked. It really did. And uh, when I got to eighth grade, you know, the choice came that we had to pick between two different schools. I still didn't have a very big group of friends. It was was it, it was what it was. Like, oh, I'll go to really quick. I when I grew up, I played a lot of sports. I I did cheerleading. I did drill team and dance. Oh, God, that was another huge thing. I was so unpopular, and the cheerleaders were, like, the most popular group in our school. It was, like, a big deal, like, a real big deal, especially if you know Texas and anything about, like, high school football and football here in general. Like, it's, it's, it's like, it's religion to people. It's kind of sick, honestly. <laughs> it's kind of, like, cool that we experienced it, but it's also kind of sick. Uh, but the cheerleaders were all very popular. And I was, like, one of the very first, and another girl made it the same year. I was one of the first unpopular girls that made the squad. And oh my God, the S show that started, the absolute, I guess I can cuss on here, the shit show that started over that. Rumors were spread, and I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating this, I'm not lying. Rumors were spread that my mom slept with the female judges to get me a spot on the squad. Bitch, no, I was just good. I was freaking good. I was really good at cheerleading and dancing. But like, that's the crazy, that's the kind of place I was raised. It was just ridiculous. Um, and there was one little, oh, she was such a little bitch and she didn't make it. And her mom started this war and same thing. God, she has like two or three kids now. And she's like, oh, bless your heart. I'm a Baptist in church and lee, lee, lee. Like, bitch, you were such an awful person. God. Oh, the memories this is bringing back. So anyway, I did cheerleading. I did drill team. At one point I was in cheerleading and band. So I actually was in band for four years. I played the trumpet. Yeah, of course I did. It's loud and fun and crazy and I was the only girl trumpet player and it was it was a lot of fun I think I was first chair for majority of that one guy Paul Tiedemann and I were always in a battle for first chair god I'm a nerd anyway so at pep rallies that we had inside the school gym I would actually god I wish I had like video and stuff of this it was so long ago but I would actually 
like be in the bleachers and play the fight song on trumpet and then I would like run down the bleachers go to the to the court and do like a dance with the cheerleaders so I would literally be running up and down bleachers doing cheerleading and band at the same time what a little badass I was and I wasn't cool at all like (laughs) I feel like now that would be something so cool but back then I was like a loser oh my gosh it's so funny Anyway, uh, so that happened. I also played volleyball. I did track um, and by track and field. Okay, I told you we went to a very small place. And you guys should look this up, actually, because you will actually find this in the news now and like all over. I went to Melissa, Melissa High School, Melissa Ridge Elementary, Melissa Junior High. And back then when we did track and field, we didn't have like a stadium. We didn't even have a track and field. We had a big field with tons of grass in it uh, behind our school. And Coach Kenny Deal, who who taught all the girls stuff, it was Kenny Deal and uh, and Coach Davis. Uh, they would get on the lawnmower and mow a circle, a big circle in the grass, and that I shit you not, is where we ran track. We practiced there, we learned everything there, and we would at least once a week have somebody sprain their ankle or like break their ankle because like it was all uneven. We were just running in grass. Like what? And then we'd have to go compete with like real ass schools and stuff. My God, it was crazy. And now what I want you to look up is go look up the brand new Melissa High School Stadium. It is unbelievable. Coach Kenny Deal Stadium, who it's a respect thing to him, who was our coach forever. I think it's great. He's a great guy. But look at this effing stadium. It is like... NFL standard. It has an elevator. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? We ran on a grass track. Like, oh, hey, the grass can walk again. Hey, coach, can you go mow another round? <laughs> like, what? And look at what they have now. Oh, gosh. It is so crazy. It is so crazy to me. Man, I'm getting riled up. So anyway, uh, so like I said, you uh, you graduate your eighth grade middle school and then you get to pick McKinney North High School or Anna High School. I so badly wanted to go to Anna High School because my nerdy loser group of friends were all going there. Oh, but no, you know, as children, we don't make our own decisions. My mother wanted me to go to McKinney North High School. Uh, I think at that point she actually worked for McKinney um, ISD. Uh, she's worked for ISDs for a very long time. And I think she worked for them and wanted me to go there, which obviously makes sense. And she always said, you have much more opportunity in McKinney. Like, you do. And she was right. At the time, I hated her. I hated her for it. And there's nothing wrong with this. But I will say I'm so thankful. Because, like, every single one of my friends and, and outside of my friend group, same thing, went to Anna High School and just did the same thing. A lot of them still just live there work at like little stores around there. Um, Several, several of them got pregnant like in high school and had babies. And now all of them have these giant families and live in small towns and have farms. And that's what happened. And uh, I did not go that route, obviously. Um, I was, like I said, very upset with my mom at the time, but I was very happy she made the decision she did. I can't even tell you how much of a life-changing experience it was going from the tiniest little country nowhere school to a school like McKinney North. I saw diversity. I saw different races and cultures. And, oh, my God, people liked what they liked. What? There's rock music? What is punk rock? What is this? Like, what? My whole mind, like, everything was everything I ever knew was blown open. 
And it was so amazing. It was so amazing. So like I had a whole progression that went down. You know, I, I went there, got my school clothes, went there as a freshman. I was so damn nervous. I'm like, where do I even go? This place is like a freaking like museum or something. This place is huge. I mean, I'm used to like one hallway and there's like 10 classrooms. Like seriously, it was crazy. All these like freshmen and sophomores, all these guys in high school had like facial hair. I'm like, everybody looks so different. Like this is so crazy. Um, I just got lost. Like it was insane. So I uh, I got my same kind of clothes. I was very preppy, quote unquote, you know, the same things like everybody else liked, went there and just tried to blend in. And it was just, it was like a whole other world to me. So that first year is basically like, that's how I was. But like halfway through, you know, I started making friends, experiencing new music that I'd never known and loved. I mean, oh my God, when I started like, I guess eighth grade, I started like hearing some punk rock, but I really just got into it so hardcore when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, discovered what AFI and <laughs> all the emo and punk rock and bubblegum, you know, like Blink-182, Good Charlotte, Sum 41, like all the good stuff. Like I was I was obsessed. I found Hot Topic. I went through like a kind of I wouldn't say full on goth. I didn't wear like, you know, any crazy makeup or like I just wore a lot of black and like heavy eyeliner. Still cut my blonde hair, all that stuff. But I definitely went through my my goth stage, my punk rock phase, had my like you know, who would love punk rock friends. So I've just loved, um, went through the whole drug thing. I personally didn't like all my friends did drugs and were on them. I smoked weed some like a little bit. And, uh, we did the robot tripping thing where we would drink robot tests and so stupid. Uh, but I just never like was like other people. I just like, I don't know. I've always had this like moral thing. I, I always believe in karma. And if I do anything like, super bad, I will definitely get in trouble for it or like later on. So basically like we, would, my friends and I, if we got a free moment, like we'd go to CVS or Walgreens and they would all steal Robitussin, which is so bad. I could never do that. And I didn't want to do that much. I thought it was crazy and scary. So I would get like a tiny bottle of Robitussin and I'd also get like a bag of M&Ms because it was disgusting and I would buy it every time. So they'd all steal and I'd be there in line buying my stuff. Like I never, I would never do that. <laughs> but like, anyway, that's like the worst I did. But that group of friends in high school, like one of them actually like moved to Ecuador, taught guitar, taught English, became a botanist. Now is living back here in Dallas, like working at some like science lab. Like he freaking excelled. He was awesome. Uh, one of them just works in like, I think he's like hopping jobs, doing random stuff. I don't know, like computer stuff, maybe like just like little jobs here and there. One of them went absolutely insane and had to go to like a insane asylum for a little bit and now it's just like on and off drugs and in and out of rehab it's very sad uh one got went to jail for selling heroin uh has now got out got married to a beautiful girl is doing great good for him uh one died one ended up in a coma and this is like when I was out of that group completely they all got to like heroin level and all this crazy stuff and I was like I can't even I can't even be around this like it's scary uh, so it was a party actually he was having and all his friends left. He had overdosed on heroin. His family came home and found him and he had been like that for like a day or two and was like on the brink of dying and they got him to the hospital and he was in a coma for weeks and has never been the same since, but he did wake up and has found God and just a completely different person now. And uh, one person died. So anyway, that's the kind of group I found. You know, there's a, go to a small town, get pregnant. <laughs> when you're like 16 years old or you can go to a big town and get and with drug people there's definitely other options but basically that's what I learned <laughs>
No, I, I met some really great friends. I, I did love high school. My mom actually worked at that high school. I forgot like now. So she had her own office and, you know, I could go hang out there with my friends on lunches and stuff. It was fun. I used to like get all kinds of exotic animals and bring them in there. I had a coat of Monday in high school. If you guys follow Lex Interior, follow me for a while. I used to have a coat of Monday named Bindi. She was the cutest. I got her at like six weeks old and she lived till like, I think 11 or something. She just died in like the last year or two. Anyway, there's just too much to cover about my childhood and growing up. It's so much stuff. It's so much stuff. I did a drill team as well in high school. I loved it for a couple of years. Um, I don't know, man. I did UIL back in the day. I was like number two speller in the state. I, uh, I, I'm i an amazing speller. I was also great at what, art history, art memory. I love that kind of stuff. I don't know. And uh, I will say I started coming out of my shell a little. Like once I started going into high school, I got class clown in eighth grade <laughs> I need to find that yearbook and and post that picture so yeah I uh that was my that was my life a little bit of my childhood I could go into more if you whoever asked this if you want to you know ask any more specific questions but that's the gist of it my mom works in technology my dad is a diesel mechanic I had a great upbringing I have a younger brother um we've we get a, we always kind of got along but fight like normal brother and sisters he's like a year and a half younger than me and now we're like super close like really really close and, uh, and I'm really enjoying our relationship we have together. So it's awesome. Let's see. Now we'll get into motorcycles. So my first experience with motorcycles was also when I was a kid. So this kind of ties into the childhood thing. My brother went through a phase where he really wanted a dirt bike. So my mom looked everywhere. Uh, you know, they looked at different types and kinds and he ended up getting a dirt bike. I believe it was a Honda and I don't remember what kind. It's been so long ago, but he had it. And we we lived on four acres out in Bliss, Texas. And so he had a great place to ride it back there. And I remember my first time I was going to ride it. And they're like, okay, you got to do this. You got to kick it down. You do this. This is where the throttle is on the handle and you go. Well, we lived out in BFE again, and, like, it was just, like, all a bunch of mud, dirt, grass out there, and it had rained recently and then dried, so there was a lot of mud ruts, because we didn't even have a driveway out there. Like, oh, my God. We just had, like, four-by-four vehicles, we would just, like, drive in the yard. Like, <laughs> it was it was great. So, there were a lot of dried mud ruts, and I went, and I hit a mud rut, like, first thing, I think I went, like, a few feet on the dirt bike, hit a mud rut, flipped over, bike fell on top of me, and I tried to get up by pulling the handlebar, which is where the throttle is. So the wheels are just spinning. It's like, and I'm like screaming. And that was, that was my first experience with a motorcycle. <laughs> so needless to say, I was like, yeah, this is not for me. And uh, even better than that, actually, <laughs> when I was a kid as well, I used to do Girl Scouts. I was leaving um, my friend's house, who was, her mom was a Girl Scout leader. There was a big, you know, many family party in this little neighborhood. So we had gone to her house to get something. We were leaving. We were on our bicycles and we were coming out of her driveway. And I was like, last one, there's raw neg. And, you know, I started riding really fast and I turned on loose gravel on this road and I felt I just ate it. The next thing I remember is like, it literally was like a cartoon where you like open your eyes and you're blinking in slow motion and it's all black. And then you see a second and then your eyes close again. Everything's black and you see a second. I was out again. Uh, I just remember when I opened my eyes and was blinking, there was like three or four guys that were there. They were hot at that time. They were like like teenagers when I was a kid. And they're like, are you okay? And I just remember I went out again. So they had ran home, got my mom. I guess they scooped me up and brought me back home. And I remember waking up like a couple hours later in my mom's arms. And I was, oh God, I was a mess. I had blood everywhere. My lip had completely busted open. 
uh, basically everyone there was like trying to decide if they needed to take me to the hospital, like the emergency room to get stitches and stuff. And they ended up not doing it. And my lip healed somehow. And I have the biggest scar on the inside of my lip. Like when I smile, like right now I can feel the outside of the scar on the right side of my lip here on the top. And on the inside, I have this big, like inch long, thick scar like, on the top inside of my lip from that wreck. So that happened. I didn't ride a bike again for like a couple years and we were at the lake and I got on my bicycle with wet water shoes after getting out of the lake and I was riding. And, uh, as I like was pedaling, my wet water shoes slipped off the front of the pedal and went straight into the, uh, wheel or whatever, the tire or the spokes. And it flipped my bike a complete like 180 and landed. I landed on the pavement. My bike landed on the handlebars and seat and the wheels were perfectly spinning like upside down. And I was like, all right, that's it. No more bicycles for me. So between that and the dirt bike experience, I was like, two wheels is not it. It is not it. Um, Fast forward to, God, I was like probably like 11 when that happened. 20 years later, I am like, maybe I could do motorcycles. So basically my brother... He's very, very into motorcycles. He loves them. He got his first bike. It was like a DRZ uh, many years ago, probably like 10 years ago or something. And, you know, it always tried to get us into them. And it was just like, it was still so scary to me. And then he ended up getting a Yamaha X, uh, XSR 900. And at that point, like, I remember the exact moment when I was like, okay, maybe I could do this. My boyfriend, John, and I, it was like four years ago, we were at Velvet Taco, one of our favorite taco places. Okay, mine. And we were there and these two guys pulled up on these little motorcycles and I was like, oh my God, what are those? Those look so fun. So they pull up on their little motorcycles, they get a a drink each and they're having tacos, you know, sitting outside looking at their motorcycles. And I'm like, that is so cool. So I like took a picture and I asked my brother and they were Honda Groms and he's like, yeah, they're just little 125s. I'm like, that is so fun. Like we could totally get those. (laughs) We could totally do that. Um, so uh, Tycho and I, or John and I, really were set on that. So basically, long story short, uh, we did a lot of research. And during COVID, I ended up getting a Honda Grum. And then John ended up getting one as well. Like, I think he got one like a couple weeks before I did off like Facebook Marketplace. So we started riding our Groms a lot. I personally was not the biggest fan of the Grom. And, you know, it was my first bike, like motorcycle ever really and it's it's a tiny one people are like that's not a motorcycle but you know it is what it is a lot of people start on those or z125s uh i just didn't like it because i i can't drive drive a stick i never rode a motorcycle or a dirt bike really so i didn't know anything about the shifting and trying to learn it all is it's very difficult and this is just a me opinion but i genuinely feel like women overthink a lot and especially me like I totally do and that's why I say that women and it's not a bad thing we just we just really put a lot of thought into everything and and why things work the way they do why is this this way how does this do this we want to know the ins and outs of everything and exactly how to do it and do it right and nail it guys are just kind of like send it (laughs) you know like fuck it let's go um so I I just feel like that works a lot better when it comes to riding motorcycles yeah you can make a lot of stupid decisions and get hurt but I feel like with a motorcycle the less you think the better it is and a lot of people will tell you that if you think about it too much if you try to like figure it out or you know get read too much into certain things you will get hurt you will mess up so for me specifically that's why it's kind of hard to do motorcycle riding like John just kind of gets on and goes and it is what it is and I'm like asking my brother well how do I do this what speed do I need to be going to do this and this and he's like just stop thinking so much about it 
But I'm like, I get on and I'm like, what if something happens? Like, what if this lets up? What if, you know, and with all my wrecks I've had, like, it freaks me out a little bit. Um, and then the big thing about the Honda Grom is, like, it doesn't tell you, you know, it does now. The one I had before was like a 2020, I think, or 2019. It was a 2019. Uh, the newer ones actually tell you what gear that you're in. I don't pay attention enough to be like, okay, I kicked up how many times? Like, so <laughs> am I in second gear? Like, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. And another bad thing about Groms is like, it's so hard. Like, when you're trying to get into neutral, it's so hard to do. But when you're not trying to, you're trying to go to like first gear, it kicks into neutral all the time. You can literally just be riding down the road and it just like pops into neutral. It is the most maddening thing. It really is. So the ground stressed me out a lot, and I didn't put that many miles on it. I should have rode it more. I was still scared. I mean, obviously, from all the bicycle accidents and all that, it really scared me. So instead of practicing more on that or, you know, finding another small bike to do, I was like, you know what I need? I need a bigger, faster bike. So anyway, long story short, I ended up selling my Grom with not that many miles on it. Um, got a lot of money, put it straight into savings, did a lot of research on another bike. And about a year later, I bought my bike that I have now, my Yamaha Dark Side of the Moon Edition uh, MT-07. And it is a beautiful bike. The color scheme I got is the Cyan Storm. It has a red and blue little stripe on the side. Most of it is like this really dark, pretty stormy gray. And the wheels on it are like teal or cyan. It's really pretty. I freaking love it. Uh, the first mod I did when I got it was the, uh, the Fender Eliminator. Uh, anyway, I haven't done a whole lot of mods to it. I kind of just really love this bike the way it was, which is, you know, why. Oh, I also, I did get rid of the turn signals on it. Oh, my God. I hate the turn signals on the MT-07. They're so cheap, and they're really long. So, like, every time I would get on and off my bike, I would kick that stupid-ass turn signal, and it would just be, like, hanging there. It's the worst. I've got these cute little uh, turn signals for it that are awesome. I also got a great uh, tail light light-up kit that is really awesome too so I love my bike a lot I still have not put that many miles on it I will say I definitely made a mistake in my opinion going with one this big I listened to a lot of other people when I was doing my research and you basically like 99% of people told me and because I was going between if I wanted the MT-03 or the MT-07 and you know I rode a lot of bikes I, I went to a lot of demos and if you're kind of familiar or not familiar with riding motorcycles, if you have a dealership near you, definitely check them out if you're into bikes or want to ride more or just have some fun even. A lot of them have demo days, and they'll have, like, the different, you know, Yamaha comes through. Honda does it every once in a while. Our uh, Lone Star Yamaha does it all the time here. But they have demo days where they bring out, like, a whole lineup of different bikes, and you can go out. Um, you have to have your gear with you and obviously not drink and stuff, but you basically sign up for the bike you want to ride and you can ride it for free. And it is so awesome. No strings attached. Uh, most of them will, a lot of times will give you like free beer after you ride, but they'll have like sodas and water. They'll barbecue like hamburgers and hot dogs, have donuts and coffee. Like it's just really fun. You can meet other riders in your area. And, you know, if you have a bike that you've been kind of thinking about getting or interested in, you can ride it and test it out. And it's just a really great idea. And even if you're not interested in that, we go to demo days all the time. Like this upcoming Saturday, we're actually going to be going to one. Uh, my boyfriend, my mom and my brother and I are going to a BMW demo, which they don't do it very often. And I have no desire to get a BMW. My brother does. But we're going to go uh, ride motorcycles there. It's coming up Saturday. So that'll be fun. Uh, but anyway, I did a lot of demos, I did a lot of writing, and I did go ride an MT-03, and 
I love the way it looked. I love the way it felt. But God, the lack of power in this thing. I swear to God, it was like not even a step up from a Grom. And I had done a demo, a Kawasaki demo, and I rode the the Z400. My brain today. I rode the Z400 and I loved it. But I just really like the look and feel of the MTs like so much better. But then the MT-03, like the power from the 300 to the 400 was just like unbelievably different. Like, so I went with the MT-07, but I, I genuinely feel like I went too much too soon. Now there is so many people, especially if you've been writing, that a lot of people say the MT-07 is boring or a lot of people will be like, it handles like a puppy dog. But the one thing about the MT-07, it is a great for power wheelies. There are so many people that accidentally wheelie on that bike, and that terrifies me. Like, first gear on the MT-07 is rowdy as hell. Like, people literally name this the hooligan bike. So, like, I'm terrified every time I get on that thing. <laughs> I'm so scared. And I just need to ride it more. But Texas really sucks for riding. Like, one, I live in Dallas, which is, like, the most shit show place to drive ever uh, sadly, there are so many deaths here, so many deaths around here that happen. And uh, the traffic is awful. It's just so scary. So the times to ride that are best are early in the morning or late at night. But even late at night is scary because drunk drivers. So basically, like Saturday, Sunday mornings, we get up early and, and ride then. And that's where we get like our good practice. And I know the more comfortable I feel, the better it'll be. I really have no desire to ever get on like highways or tollways. I just, you know, want to ride around town, maybe go to back roads, country roads, do twisties, all that stuff. But Anyway, I just haven't had a lot of chance to do it. You know, it's been like 110 degree summers and then awful winters. And not to mention, uh, like right after, it was like a couple months after I bought my bike. I would think about my bike in May and then October this happened. It was when we lived in our last apartment complex, Heko and I, John and I. It was his birthday weekend and we went to brunch and we were going to go home and we we're going to go ride our motorcycles. We were all excited. We went out to get in it. I tried to put my key in and my key would not go in my bike. Why? Because some asshole tried to steal it. Oh, the joys of living in apartment complexes. We had a covered garage, but and we had them even like under our covers, locked up everything, and a great area there right by the door, lit up. People don't care. So anyway, somebody tried to put one of those things on the lock to like get the, I don't know how it works. I'm not a thief. But basically, they tried to steal my bike and messed my entire ignition up, and my bike handlebars had been locked. You couldn't get a key in anymore. Everything was messed up. My bike was just effed. And it was brand new. It was brand new. And I couldn't get my key in. And I was so upset. Uh, And they tried to do the same with John's bike as well. His was completely effed. Luckily, we both had insurance. uh, But my bike was gone for like months um, because they had to order a whole new like ignition thing, new keys for it. I just, it really, it really freaking sucks. So all that money came out of my pocket. I mean, luckily, I just had to pay my deductible. But still, like. I guess the good thing is, like, I actually called the cops because I was freaking pissed. Like, it's bullshit. So I called the cops, and they actually got a legible fingerprint off of mine. And long story short, the guy actually ended up going to jail. Uh, They couldn't get him, obviously, I guess, to admit to anything. Nothing ever came of it. I never got any money from it. But I knew that guy's ass was in jail, and that was good enough for me. That made me really happy. So uh, I took mine, sent it into the shop or whatever, and they fixed it up for me. John fixed his own, which ended up costing a lot more, and he should have just played his deductible, like I said, but it is what it is. Uh, But where I was going with this thing, a lot of people die. The guy that worked on my bike at uh, Honda Maxim here was so great, so sweet, so nice. We shared a lot of great motorcycle stories. Uh, you know, I went to pick up my bike from him and thanked him and it looked amazing and he's great. Uh, a week later, I think it was, he died in a motorcycle accident. He was like mid twenties. Like, it's just so sad, man. So just, 
it's really scary to ride. I'm even in the last like six months to a year, I've, I've had thoughts of like, is it worth the, you know, it's an amazing feeling when you ride, you feel free. Like it's just so fun and thrilling, but is it worth it? Because people don't watch out for bikes. Like they really don't. And uh, there's a lot of people that ride motorcycles so stupidly. And I can see why a lot of people hate them for the way that some people are, but like, is it really worth like driving like an asshole around motorcycles to make somebody lose their life? Like, is that really worth it? There's just people out there that don't care. So it's it's very, very scary. And a lot of times it's just other cars and or cagers, as we call them in the motorcycle world. Um, but it's just really sad. So just, you know, if you're a rider, please be careful out there. And if you are a driver, please watch for your motorcyclists. I know a lot of them are douchebags. I get it. But, like, it's not worth somebody losing a life. So just be aware of them. You know, take care of your riders out there. And, uh, yeah, this podcast has just been all over the place, hasn't it? So basically, that's where we're at. Oh, I never went into Teco or John. Sorry. I call uh, my boyfriend John El Teco, like I've said, on Lex and Terry's show that I work on. So I call call him Teco here all the time. And I don't know if anybody even knows what that means. I don't know. John El Teco, whatever, sold his Grom as well. He got an XSR 700. Um, it's super cute. It's silver. It has like a brown seat. Looks very cafe racer-ish. But we are definitely a naked motorcycle family. We love the naked bikes. So... Yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. And uh, the weather's finally starting to break up here. So we're going to start riding again here very soon. Hopefully, since um, summer has been taking forever, winter won't come to like February to April, hopefully. So maybe we'll have a good few months of riding, which is exciting. And honestly, I feel like I'd rather bundle up and ride in the cold than I would in this freaking 120 degrees. There's like nothing worse than just sitting there at a red light with the sun like baking you and sweat dripping down your back. When you stop to get off, you can't even take off your jacket because it's just like wet and glued to you. Oh, it's pretty miserable. I'd say like 78. That's like the sweet spot. 78 would be like the perfect writing temp. Mm-mm-mm. We're getting there, people. We are getting there. So, yeah, thanks for asking about writing in my childhood. Uh, hopefully this has been informative. Informative. Words are hard. It's cooled off a little bit in the studio. I turned the air on because uh, you guys care. Whatever. Uh, yeah, man, an ADHD person doing a podcast like here, 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 let's go all over the place. Uh, hope you guys have been able to catch up and keep up. <laughs> so uh, again, thank you guys for sending in all of these suggestions. I really, really appreciate it. Once again, if you have Spotify or if you're listening to this on Spotify, or even if you don't, um, you can go to the episode page and it says, uh, tell me something you'd like to hear me talk about in the future. That helps me greatly because uh, I, I've really run out of things to talk about a lot because I run my mouth. You know what I'm saying? So uh, definitely leave me suggestions there if you want me to, you know, talk about something or answer any questions, you can do that. And once again, I also have a website, the thesarahbshow.com, S-A-R-A-H-B-show.com. Or sorry, it's just sarahbshow.com. God, I'm in my own website. sarahbshow.com. Go there. You can listen to all the episodes there. Uh, you can ask me a question. You can leave a voicemail. You can leave a comment like, bitch, you suck. Your ADHD is annoying. Actually, please don't do that. That would hurt my feelings. But, you know, it's a free country. Uh, if you've been wondering why I haven't had any new album art, it's just been the same Sarah B. Show logo because I used to use AI to make my album art for every episode and I loved it and I thought it was so great and so funny. And now my AI um, websites have been shut down that I use. So they do not work anymore and it makes me very sad. If you have a good AI one that you use, you could let me know. Maybe I can start doing that again. It was super fun. Or maybe I just need another new logo, like change it up a little bit. Who knows? Okay. 
I was also going to uh, talk about the poll I did last time. If I should see that movie that I don't want to say the name of right now because I'm still in studio alone and I'm scared. Uh, like 70% of you guys or 80% said stop being a baby and go see it and just watch it. Uh, there was like 20 to 30% that said no, don't do it. So I guess you guys win. Okay. Um, as long as y'all will come like hold my hand and sleep beside me because I'm being scared like a freaking baby. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I still don't even really want to talk about all that because even though I'm leaving soon, I'm still scared. But basically, I just, I don't know. I really freaked myself out at the end of last episode. It was not fun. It was not cute. And I was very scared. I still think I saw what I saw. But, you know, the mind is a powerful thing. And uh, when you're alone and start thinking things, uh, you never know what it can <laughs> it can work up. So we'll just leave it at that. But either way, it was scary, and I didn't like it. And I'm sorry I had to run out on you guys last time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So funny. All right. You know what's so funny is I was, like, also sitting here, like, I need to make this podcast at least 15 minutes or okay, at least 20 minutes long, no shorter than that. We can try to stretch this whole thing out, and I've been going forever. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Take a breath, Sarah B. Take a breath. All right. Well, there you have it. Once again, let me know what you want me to talk about. I got a lot of great ideas already, so I at least have very many future episodes coming up. Cruise ship stuff, dirty stuff, all the things for you guys. I love you all. Thank you all for your support. You guys are the best. The best. Oh, I just realized too, I have an appearance coming up. So I'm either going to have to skip a week or I'm going to have to double record. But anyway, this is just me thinking out loud. This is me Ed Sheeraning right now. Oh my gosh, sorry guys. I really am like ADHD, but I actually had a sex dream about Ed Sheeran this weekend, like really random. I've been having a lot of celebrity sex dreams lately. Last week when I was napping, I had one in the same dream about Pete Davidson and Harry Styles. What? <laughs> like, and now Ed Sheeran. And these are people I'm not even attracted to at all. But anyway, I told my boyfriend and now he's like, he's been making a lot of like digs at Ed Sheeran. Like I think he's jealous of Ed Sheeran, which is so funny to me. So there you go. That's your last little tidbit. I'm really going to go now. I, I have a lot to do on this Sunday to get ready for the week ahead. But I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you all for uh, supporting my little Sarah B show. You guys are amazing. And I love you all. Give yourself a pat on the back right now for being a rad person. Mwah. Bye, guys. Bye.